blessing to see so many of our little ones. 15, 15 children here this morning. So uh, if you would, turn in your, in your song books to get us started. The lesson on, I uh, should have got with, with Mike ahead of time, with hymn number 274A. We sing the first verse of Jesus Loves Me. That, that should be the main model, the main goal that we teach in others and everyone that Jesus loves me. 274A, first uh, stand, ready? Jesus loves me, this I know. Verse 1 that Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, 
left of Bethlehem of Judea. They left, as I said before, the promised land, the land that God had given to their lots. And they went to Moab, a place where David calls God's wash pot in Psalms chapter 60, verse 8. A term of utter comfort. But we, we also see that and Moab had a long history of being cruel to the people of Israel. Moab is a place where God never promised uh, the, uh, to bless the people. And as I said before last Sunday, that Moab is a place that the Bible, in the Bible represents the world. So when someone left, leaves the promised land to go to Moab, that's like us leaving God's word today and going out back into the world. So Naomi and as I said, left the promised land of God and they go where God never told them to go. They go to Moab and they go to the world. The world looked so good and it said the grass seemed greener there. But ultimately it ended in death for Elimelech and Naomi's two sons. Now that's what we're going to get into today's lessons. Naomi and her daughter-in-law are left a destitute. Now she is returning back to Judah. Back to the promised land. So Naomi is a picture of a child of God who leaves the promised land and goes into the world. And now look at the picture that God paints for us here. Look at verse 6 again. There are two things here that we should make note of. Notice the verse says that Naomi had heard in the land of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Now this is tragic. And yet it is the way that a lot of people are today including some of God's people who have drifted away. Here, Naomi is in a situation where she only hears of God's blessing, does not experience them because she is where we all should be, in the promised land. There are a lot of people today who only hear of God's blessing. We're not receiving them because they are not where God wants them to be. Some of them, <clears throat> being who once were in the promised land, but who have left and were drawn away by the allurements of the world. I hope that none of us ever find ourselves in that situation where we allow something to draw us away from God's love. Now the second thing that we should make note of here is Naomi seemed to have the wrong motive here for going back to Judah. It seemed that she was primarily interested in food and not fellowship with God. She was returning to her land, but not necessarily to her Lord. And that's what a lot of people do today. They want the blessings. They want the salvation. They want the promises. They want the benefits that God offers, but they don't want the fellowship or what fellowship with God requires. And by this I mean the obedience, the sacrifice, and the change in their lifestyle. Now let's go on and pick up here in verses 8 through 13. Where it says, And Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. May the Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. Then she kissed him, and they lifted up their voice and wept. <clears throat> and they said to her, No, but we will surely return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Return, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I said I have hope, 
If I should even have a husband tonight and also bear sons, verse 13 says, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughter, for it is harder for me than for you. For the hand of the Lord has gone forth against me. There's some very critical lessons for each and every one of us to learn from this picture of Naomi. If we would heed these lessons, we can save ourselves a lot of hurt and a lot of misery. First of all, Naomi's problems can be traced back to what took place in our lesson last Lord's Day in verses 1 through 5. We've seen that Naomi and Elimelech left the promised land of God and they go to a God-forsaken land of Moab. We see that their sons married Moabite women, which in a sense means that they have abandoned their God. And then her husband dies, and both her sons die there. They die in the land. They don't die in the land of promise now, but they die in Moab. Naomi is left without hope and security of future. That's the same thing with the child of God today. If we leave the love of God and go back into the world, then we're going to die in the world. We need to stay in the promised land. We need to stay here in God's family. <clears throat> Naomi is left without hope and without security of the future. What we need to understand here is that there is always a high price tag on sin. Sin always costs you something. And it's usually more than what you want to pay. And the cost of a child of God who has gained the promised land, returning to the world, is an enormous cost. In fact, just look a little bit of the price that she has paid. Look again at verses 8 and 9. Naomi says to her, her daughter-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. May the Lord grant that you find rest each in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. Now part of the price that she is paying is she has no hope for the present day. She has nothing with which to take care of herself or daughter-in-law. She has no income, no place to live, but she has nothing left. Not only does she not have any hope for the present day, but she has no hope for tomorrow. Look again at verse 11. It says, Return, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Have I yet sons of my womb, that they may be your husbands? Return, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. For I said, I have hope. If I said, I have hope. If I should even have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown. Would you therefore refrain from marrying? We see that she has no hope. She has no more sons. She has nothing to look forward to in her life but grief and pain. All as a result of her sin. What happens to Naomi here is actually a plea from God to each and every one of us saying, don't do what she did. Once you have come to the promised land, once you have come into the family of God, don't go back into the world. The price <laughs> is too high. Don't do it. Look at one more thing here in reference to Naomi. Verses 8 and 9. She actually encourages 
Ruth and Oprah, Orpah to return to Moab, to return to their pagan gods, to return to their wicked lifestyle. She tells them that they will be better off in Moab. No child of God should ever be guilty of hindering others from coming to the promised land. We are to bring them in, not turn them away. This picture of Naomi is a picture of a child of God going back into the world. What we must learn is leaving God has some horrible consequences. May we all heed the warning. Now let's look at the next word picture that God wants us to see. Look at verses 14 and 15. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Oprah kissed her mother-in-law and Ruth clung to her. Then, then she, Naomi, said, Behold, your sister-in-law, Oprah, has gone back to her people and her God. Return after your sister-in-law. Oprah goes back. She's a mobile. She is on her way out of Moab, out of the world. She is on her way to Judah, to the promised land. So close that she turned back. It's like people today. They are so close to being saved. And then they realize that they have to give up a certain group of friends, so-called friends. Or they have to give up a certain part of their lifestyle. And they just can't do it. The rich young ruler. He was doing everything. He just couldn't give up his money. But notice why she returns. She goes back to her people. That's a tough one. If you try to talk to someone in nomination and Try to steer them in the right direction. They said, well, grandma and grandpa, mom and dad, and every far back I remember my family all went to this denomination. I can't turn my back on them. Same thing here. Often family ties and affections are a hindrance to some people coming to the promised land. The promised land lies just before them. It is close at hand. But they, if they go into the promised land, that means that they may be breaking some of their family ties. They may have to leave mom or dad behind, and they just can't do it. Now, sir, I was talking with a, a teacher, a preacher, and he was telling me, we were discussing different things there. He discussed, he said that, said that there was a, cu a couple that he met several times and had Bible studies with. And over and over again, they had told him how much they enjoyed it, how much they were learning from God's Word. How much they were seeing that they were in error. Things were going great. And then he said he came to what God says is necessary for salvation in their study. Said about a week after they had studied it, he contacted them about getting together with some more Bible study. And they declined. Said he finally ran into the guy downtown one day and he asked him what was wrong. Had he offended them? What had happened? And he said, the guys told him, if I agree to what the Bible says about what it takes to be saved, that means that my parents are lost. And I'm not willing to admit that. It's got to stop somewhere. We don't want our children being lost saying that the reason they're lost is they don't want to offend us. We have to do whatever it takes to become a child of God. Family ties and affections offer a hindrance to some coming to the promised land. Jesus says so in Matthew chapter 11, verse 37. Matthew 11 and verse 37. 
This is probably one of the verses that Brother Hawker, he's always got a verse on his mind. When you ask him a question, he pretty much most of the time, he, he's got a verse he's telling you, he's probably thinking of Matthew 11 and 37, where it says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. As difficult as it may be, we may have to leave our families behind to gain the eternal blessings of God. Now there's another reason that she returned. Verse 15 says that she goes back to her gods. A lot of people want the promised land and all that it holds, but they never attain it because they cannot find it in their hearts to give up one thing or another for it. They want all the promises that the promised land offers. They want it only if they don't have to abandon their gods and all that their God allows. Whatever we worship, whatever we put forward, it don't have to be a person. It can be an object. Whatever we put ahead of serving our God is our pagan God. We should put nothing ahead of God. Papa is God's picture of us of an individual. Perhaps some of us here who sees the promised land and is so close to it but just not willing to do what it takes to gain it. What will be the end result? We see in Psalms chapter 9 verse 17. Psalms chapter 9 verse 17 tells us the wicked will return to show even all the nations who forgot God. What the gods of the world offers is only temporary. And their pleasures are fleeting. But what God promised lasts forever and its rewards are eternal. Don't turn your back on God. And then finally, the last picture that God wants us to see is the picture of one who is from the world, who is from Moab, one who is lost and yet is determined to enter the promised land. Look again starting in verse 16. Verse 16, But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Verse 17, Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, or in worse, if anything but death parts you from me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. Verse 19, But so they both waited until they came to Bethlehem. And it came about that when they had come to Bethlehem, that all the city was stirred because of them. Now Ruth was on her way to the promised land, and she didn't turn back. She makes total commitment to God that extends all the way to death. And as a result, she gains the promised land there would be no looking back. Ruth never goes back to the world, so we're told. And through her, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That conclusion here this morning. God has given us three spiritual pictures to learn from. What we got to ask ourselves is, which one best represents me? You. And the life that you're living right now. Are you like Naomi? A person who was in God's land, in the promised land, and needs to come back. 
Could you be like Orphan? You have seen the things of the Lord, but can't let the world go to following Or would you be like Ruth? You have made your decision to follow God until death comes, never looking back. We have to ask ourselves, which of these women, women best represents you? These pictures are intended by God to teach you before it is everlasting too late. The question I'm asking you this morning, if you were in the family of God and like the prophet son and stepped away, will you come home? Will you give up the world and come to Christ? And for the rest, it's already here in promised land and doing the best of your ability to stay in God's family, will you stay in the promised land? If you need to be baptized to become a child of God and entered into, adopted into God's family, maybe you've already been baptized, but for some reason, you've left the promised land and went to your Moab, went out to the world. You need the prayers and the understanding. You need the the encouragement of the congregation, whatever name it may be, when he asks you to make that one step and come forward, I would stand and sing our song of invitation.